up front. Uh, I'm using a different microphone and a headset, and I didn't realize uh, that it was rubbing against my shirt uh, almost the entire time. So you will hear what it sounds like a sniffling. It is not a sniffling. I'm not sick. I'm okay. Uh, but it is rubbing on my shirt, so I do apologize for that. Hopefully you can get over it um, as we get through, as we uh, listen to this week's episode. Thank you. This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. Hey, good day, everybody. I hope that you either found this podcast because you're bored at home on self-isolation or social distancing. And if not, and you're a loyal fan, you came back to hear another episode. I really appreciate you doing that and tuning into this episode. You know, I really have to say that I found a new appreciation for people who are able to telework and who can homeschool their kids at the same time. Um, I have found this to be incredibly challenging to be able to balance work and school for the kids. You know, I have a wonderful spouse who's at the house who helps me out with this as well. But I'm just saying uh, to all you teachers, educators who come up with the packets and help everybody through uh, keeping our kids on track. So that way next year when this crisis is over, we can go back to normal and our kids aren't that far behind Uh, us as parents. We're not you as teachers, and I fully understand that at this point in time. So thank you for doing what you do. Speaking of crises uh, and crises, in this episode, we're going to talk about leading through a crisis. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about the COVID-19, uh, but we are going to take a look at this scenario, and we're going to look at models on how we can navigate and lead others through a crisis. So I'm big on frameworks and models because it helps us understand uh, how to view the problem set in different ways uh, that we might not typically think through it. In this episode, that's what we're going to talk about, crises and leading through people through a crisis. to take a quick break uh, to make a couple announcements. First, thank you for those of you that have checked out this podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do so. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, please check it out and make sure that you subscribe. You can do this right now. You can hit the subscribe button. You can smash that little bell icon so that way you know uh, when we publish new content and you get all the new good stuff on there. Also, if we go live, when we do our YouTube live sessions, you'll also get that notification as well. Leave a comment and we will get back with you. I would like to ask you, though, if you could please share this podcast with one or two other people that you might think would like it. Uh, and it helps us uh, get their, get our message out there. It helps us share new ideas and get information. Thank you for sharing it this week ahead of time.
Alright, so in the previous episode, the Kinevin Framework, we talked about the model, and in this episode, we're going to take a look at that framework and overlay it onto the Ralph Stacy Matrix model. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can use the graphic uh, that you see displayed on the screen, and if not, uh, don't worry, you can go to the Facebook page, Tim State in the Office, and take a look at that model there, and we have a nice graphic that we, we ginned up uh, for everyone to take a look at. So a brief recap of the Kinevin framework. It is a sensing model. So you have to know and understand where you are in the decision-making process. Are you located in the obvious or simple realm or the simple domain? Are you in a place where cause and effect relationships are, are known, but the solutions and how to solve the problems are unknown, and you need to call someone else in for a perspective and get subject matter experts involved? Or are you in a place where you don't know uh, what you don't know, and you have to conduct trial and error methods and make corrections to merge uh, on uh, zones that are come up in with something new and get into get into things that are manageable so you can move back into the obvious zones and into the simple zones. Or are you in crisis management and you're the leader and you clearly understand that you're in a crisis and you have to do something and you've got to make a change so you make it and you get people out of the the you know, the crisis zone and into the complex zone and get them back into the obvious zone. I would also say that as a leader, we have to manage in the complex zone, because if you don't manage in the complex zone, uh, then you're never going to be able to get solutions down to your workforce in the obvious zones, right? So that way they can do the day-to-day day-to-day operations and the day-to-day things that they need to do. They know the cause and effect, and they know if I do this and I do this and this solves the problem problem. If I do this and I do this and this gets the results I need, where you at the management level and the leader level, you're looking at the complex zone and you're managing those problems that you're anticipating for them. So that way you can do the trial and error method, kind of solve them and then push them back down into the obvious zone, right? That is in essence, the Kinevin framework wrapped up. If you want to know more about it in more detail, please check out our Kinevin framework model episode. We have tons. We did it like a 15 minute deep dive onto it. So that's the recap. But for the Stacy, for the Ralph Stacy model, though, you have the technical, the political, and the judgmental rationale decision making processes, right? So the technical rationale decision making, you have a cause and effect, and it has predictive analysis outcomes with it. And the goal is to is to make it repeatable, so you get the same outcome every time. So this is much like your obvious zone. Then you have your political decision making, right? And this is where you have high certainty of how to get this done, or the methods about getting it, but you have more than one answer, right? So because there's more than one right answer, people try to politic to get their best solution that they came up with to get chosen as the best option. So there's multiple good options, but people are telling you this is my, my way is better than this way, and people are politicking for it. Then you have the, your, your judgmental decision making, right? So this is where you have high agreement as the way forward, but you really don't know the cause and effect and the linkages uh, between them. So the variables on the cause and effect, those are the things that are up for debate. Then you have the chaos zone, right? So this is where you have high levels of uncertainty, high levels of disagreement on which way the organization should do to move forward. And then because of this, uh, a lot of organizations don't, they don't make 
a decision. They kind of just kind of sit back and let's say, well, let's play it out and see how it goes. Sometimes that's okay, but if you're in a true crisis and you're in true chaos, actually no decision is the worst thing that you can do because then other variables and factors will continue to change on you and you won't even know it. That right there, you have to make a choice and you have to do something uh, to get out of the chaos zone, right? So then you have the complexity zone. So as you can see on the diagram, this is the largest area because it shows uh, the area in which leaders operate. It's on the edge of chaos, but also close enough to daily routine activities. In this zone, you have high creativity, high innovation, and you're breaking with the past and you're going to say this is the new and creative ways and the new ways to operate to prevent problems from happening. So most people think, you know, that you have to operate in this zone, in this zone to get ahead of the, the problem. And so there, this is what I think. There's also another theory of thought out there that people should operate in the technical and the political and the judgmental zones. And that's good for managers, right? So if you're a manager and you're not really a leader, yeah, that's good for you. But if you're a leader, you need to move up into the complex zone so you can probe and you can sense and you can respond so you can anticipate these things before they happen. Uh, managers tend to just kind of respond to to stimuli. You knock out tasks, you organize things, you systematically file them, you manage people, you manage tasks, and that's what you do. It's part of managing. It's managing it, right? But if you're leading, you've got to get into that separation between managing and foresight to get that, that knowledge out there. So that way you can make sure that your managers can manage and your uh, workers and your main workforce can work and get be productive. Okay, so that was the science on how to put it into action. So if, that, if you have access to Facebook at this point, please go to Tim's State of the Obvious like we talked about before and take a look at the model that we talked about in this case study. Um, it looks like a bubblegum chart. It's got green, blue, yellow, black, and red on it. And it's a white chart. Uh, it has the Kinevin framework overlaid with the uh, Stacy Matrix model. If you're on YouTube, you just look at your screen and it's there in front of you right now. You you are the leader of a small business company and COVID-19, you know, has an impact on your business. How you react, how do you react, right? Start at the lower left and work our way out, right? So in the obvious zone, this is where everyday frontline employees operate and they have the potential to interact with this scenario and they're at risk into falling into chaos daily. So that little line that you see on the red on the green zone, the black line that says pitfall going into the chaotic zone is you have a daily risk right now that you have employees on the front line interacting with customers, doing what they need to do, that you can fall off into the chaotic zone anytime. So you as a leader need to come up with ways to mitigate that from happening. Now you say, well, I don't understand how they, you know, are coming to this pitfall. Well, it's simple. Let's say you have a restaurant business, right? So you have waiters, you have cooks. Well, the waiters and the waitresses are interacting with customers. What many people have done is they have done curbside pickup, right? Because that minimizes the risk of exposure to your employee and you can still serve food, you can generate revenue, and they can still get paid. On the flip side, let's say they do get sick. Now they're not at work and you're still doing this model. You're going to have to fill that gap somehow, right? So that's that pitfall that we're talking about is how do you mitigate you know, your frontline employees from falling into chaos or into the chaotic zone. Because one thing that you overlook as a leader can put your business into setback. And now you're thinking, okay, that's, that's a simple thing, right? So as you move out 
from the obvious zone and you move into the complicated zones, now we know that there's a cause and effect relationship between these things, right? So there is a high, there's there's kind of like a, a medium level of what we know, but the methods of getting it done are kind of unknown. So in this zone, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at, okay, same scenario. I'm a, I'm a restaurant owner. I found ways to mitigate my frontline employees from getting sick and infected. I've alleviated those fears. Well, with how do we go about implementing it, right? So how do we maintain keeping our business open? And how do we go ahead and make sure that we do what we need to do? We know what are the facts. We know we got to do social distancing, six feet of separation between people, wearing face masks, wash our hands frequently, and mitigate you know contact between human-human uh, interactions as much as possible because we don't know where people have been. All right, so what's the best way to do it? Well, if you go up into the complicated political and social social zone, now you're going to have a feedback from employees who are going to tell you their best way or their best their best methods about going about doing it. And then you have the CDC that you can take a look at, and they're going to tell you the best methods, practices, and procedures, and the way they think they're going to go about doing it. Then you can take a look at other business owners uh, in your field, and they're going to tell you their best methods of how they're going to go about doing it. So all of those methods are based in facts. We know the cause and effect relationship. But we got to find the best one for our organization that fits our needs. I would say in this situation, you need to uh, evaluate the different social and political impacts of it and then move into the technical zone as well on the implementation of, okay, this is how we can leverage technology to minimize human-to-human interaction and then also increase productivity while also maintaining low overhead and still getting the product out there, right? So teleworking is a good option. You know, curbside, people can order over the phone. People, I think, underestimate the power of a phone these days. People can do uh, tons of things in, in this technical realm to really get after solving the problem, right? So that's how the managers can get together on it. Now, I said earlier, leaders operate in the complex zone. So if you're leading your organization, and let's say you're the owner of this, and you've delegated down to your manager, here's the things. Getting ahead of this early enough, operating in the complex zone, I would say if you have the foresight to see this thing coming and say, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to head this thing off early. We're going to implement these things and see what happens. We're going to make sure that we separate tables inside of our, our restaurant and we're going to mitigate, we're going to, you know, not seat everyone so close together. So we, people can still come and still sit and share. We're going to sterilize utensils. Oh, that's still not working, right? So that's the probing, right? You, you probe your environment you figure out what's going on and then you figure out the change and then you figure out the fixes and then you implement them and you pass them down and you get down into the clear and the known areas. That is your job as a leader is to always take the problems and the crises that you're in, find out the solutions for them, and you're going to need to call in subject matter experts. You're not going to know uh, the best way forward on it. It's going to be a conglomerate of taking all your resources and all your assets and all your knowledge bases, pulling them together, and then 
kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't work. But then as you implement those down, look for, you know, quick and easy uh, responses of what you can get for feedback so you can make necessary changes. That way you keep your frontline workers in the obvious zone. No stress there. It's, you know, minor changes, but they but you they know that you've got the problem being worked. You have your managers in the complicated zone figuring out the tweaks to your plan. And your whole job as a leader is to keep your order, your whole organization from falling into the chaotic zone or the disorder zone. OK, so we talked about the chaotic zone is that is the crisis that you're going to be having to step in and say this is the way to go to get back into the complex zone say your whole you've got four or five people who can't show up to work for whatever reason you still have customers calling for food and you're doing curbside pickup and you're falling behind maybe you need to tell everybody you're going to close your business for 24 to 48 hours so that way you can reorganize and get people on a new schedule so you can reopen up that's taking a chaotic situation of which you're going to fail in recognizing you're going to fail in it and going stop halt regroup all right we're regrouping now we're moving forward so we just need to understand when you're into chaos and when to actually stop people from going into chaos put yourself back into in the complex zone and push your way down forward as you see the disorder zone i put up in the top where it's you're not really in your unknown and you're not but you're very unclear so you don't know what to do that is your disorder zone where you feel like you cannot make a decision, that is your disorder zone. And you need to get stay clear of it. That's why it's black. It is the black hole of death. Stay out of, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. If you find yourself in the disorder zone, just fall in the chaos zone and go, okay, I'm going to make a decision, some decision. It may be the wrong one, but we're going to make a decision to get back into the complex zone so we can make this problem more manageable. Okay. And so that is, in an essence, on a small scale of how to work through a crisis. Now, there's tons of crises out there that people are working through right now, and, and it's a sad state, but it's good. Um, it gets people thinking, it gets people engaged, and not all crises are bad. So if you find yourself in a crisis, that's okay. This is a good framework that you can use, and if you implement this framework honestly on a daily basis, you'll find that most crises are short-lived because you'll, you'll have seen the crisis coming, and you will have noticed and recognized the patterns along the way and you will have mitigated everything you can do i know i tell the people that i work with on a daily basis hey don't change your plan because everybody else failed to make their plan ahead of time their plan will eventually fall in line with your plan because we have already foreseen this coming we've taken the necessary steps and we don't need to freak out because we knew it was going to happen we're going to work our way through it and we'll we'll make the necessary steps forward that in itself will shorten a crisis and informing people that, hey, we are about ready to go into the chaotic zone before you go into the chaotic zone allows people to deal with it quicker because they know, OK, this is expected. I got it. We can move forward. I think people tend to freak out more when it's unexpected and things are happening and leadership doesn't have clear guidance or clear examples of why we are in the situation we are in. That's what makes people weird because now you're in the unknown of the unknowns you're in the disorder and you're on the border of chaos 
and you don't know how to get back. And that doesn't exude self, doesn't exude confidence for the people that are working with you. If you find yourself struggling uh, in this period of time and you don't know how to manage through a crisis, this is kind of a good framework to overlay onto it and think through the problem set uh, so you can emerge on the other side successful. Uh, every crisis is an opportunity for success, whether it's good or bad or painful. Uh, one, if you're a learning organization, you will learn from the mistakes and you'll move forward. And two, you know, you can learn some new things about yourself as a leader, learn some new things about your employees, some strengths and some hidden talent out there that you didn't know that was there. So I would say this is all good times. I mean, I'm having a blast uh, during this time because uh, one, I'm helping my organization work through this crisis. So I've had to exude some more mental capita into the ways forward and how we do things and how we operate. But all in all, uh, I would say you know, th things are going pretty good. And I, and I would say they're going pretty good because one, this framework, um, having to, having a framework to navigate through, especially when you don't really kind of understand the environment you're in and it's new, that framework really, really helps you out. So I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Tim stating the obvious, where we talked about leading through a crisis. Before we end, I would like to ask if, if you could one, Subscribe, comment, and share this podcast and provide some feedback and help generate a discussion on the subject. Two, if you haven't visited our Patreon site, I would love it if you'd stop by in there and check it out and see how you could be a part of the show to keep new content coming. Uh, lastly, I'm very interested in hearing about your stories and your experiences and keep the discussion going. The whole reason why the show exists is because of I want to be able to share ideas, uh, share experiences so we can grow together and we can make a better, uh, you know, professional community of leaders. And it's also a great way to continue the discussion, too. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, if you don't know how to get to any of these sites, please check out uh, our links below in the description of this. It'll point you out to wherever you need to get to. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and come back for another one. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious. <laughs>